Welcome to our podcast. You're listening to Behavior That Becometh Holiness, Ladies Ministry. So glad that you joined us today, and we hope you're blessed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Behavior That Becometh Holiness, Women's Podcast. I am here with my very good friend and cousin-in-law, Olivia Miller. And we have restarted 27 times because we keep on laughing. We are going to try to get through this. We're actually talking about a very serious subject today. So we're going to pull ourselves together. Olivia, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to our listeners who don't know you? Well, hello, ladies. My name is Olivia Miller. As you know, I am 22 years old. (coughs) My husband and I evangelize. And I am the song leader at our home church, PHT. And I think that's about all that I'm going to tell you right now. If you hear us coughing throughout, we are having some allergy troubles. Very bad. But <clears throat> yes, Olivia married my cousin, Devin Miller. They met at OBI and fell in love. And he brought her home. And we all liked her way better than we liked him. <laughs> we just fell in love. <laughs> so we told her, told him that he had to keep her. So now they're here and we just love Olivia. So um, what we're going to be talking today is actually about staying spiritually strong even in an unsaved home and Olivia actually has some background and input on this subject so I really had it on my heart to record an episode of her talking with us because even though you know we may not think that we know just a whole lot of young women that are there or have been there I really felt like that this was something that should be talked about and shared and used as an encouragement for any girls that might be living in an unsaved home, trying to stay strong in the Lord, but also for other um, Christian women, for us to be aware that we need to be there for young Christians who don't have a godly home life and just kind of an opportunity to make us aware of some of the struggles and, you know, just kind of stir our hearts and help us cultivate a a burden for that. So, Olivia, you were raised in a Christian home for a little while, right? Yes, I, my parents got saved when I was around three and then my dad kind of got out when I was a little older and my mom and brothers all got out when I was around 10, 11 ish, something like that. Yeah. I'm sure that was really hard, especially at that kind of pivotal age. Um, was there, was there kind of a moment you decided that you were going to stay in church or how did that, um, how did, how did it kind of happen for you whenever you realized, you know, I'm the only one trying to still go to church? It was a very, like, the age I was at was a very hard age because whenever you're 10 and 11, you're not like, oh, I'm so pumped up and ready to go to church, which, I mean, I love church. I love the Lord. I love the Lord then, but you're so young that there's so much other stuff pulling at your attention, and I think that's why my brothers kind of, you know, got out. We were all kind of the same age, but um, during that time, my pastor and his wife had just had a baby. And I love children. I absolutely think they're the cutest thing to ever be put on this earth. And who who is your pastor and his wife? Janae Persinger and Victor Persinger were my pastor and wife, his wife. But um, they had just had a little baby, and at the time that was Liberty. <clears throat> and I really, and honestly, I went so I could help them and be around them and stuff. And you'll find out later in this episode that that is really... It went from going to church to take care of them to really getting a desire to serve the Lord. And that's what made me stay in church and 
I yeah. became more determined through it. So, yeah, um, and that is that is awesome, and it says a lot about your pastor and his wife. And um, obviously, I already know who they were. I just had you pointed out just for people who may not have known. Um, but I, I think that that's a name that a lot of people recognize is Brother Victor and Sister Janae, and they are just a wonderful couple. Yes. And I think that that is, which we're going to talk more about it later on and throughout this podcast, but they're, um, they're being so intentional and aware, even though, because it would be easy, you know, a lot of people write off children, even at that age, 10, 11 right. years old, you know, if their family stops coming, we have a real fault of just kind of assuming, well, you know, what can I do about it? More, you most know, most people would pull for the parents, <clears throat> the older yeah. people, and not like, yeah, it's sad, the kids, but if they're not really, and the kids aren't already invested in the church, sometimes we skip over them, yeah, and basically, you know, don't think about them. But that's that's how I stayed in was people being intentional about making sure I was at church and checking to see if I was okay if I wasn't at church, yeah, and continuing to have that relationship with me. Well, me and you talked several times before about how God puts a real premium on children and not just children, but just in general, honoring your parents yeah, and honoring those that he's placed above you in his, you know, natural order. And, um, we've talked a lot about you keeping your testimony, even whenever it was the ones that you loved the most and the ones that were, um, over you discouraging you. And can you just kind of talk a little bit on here, I'd like for us to talk about respecting your parents while you're still standing your ground in what you believe. Yeah, and, you know, that doesn't even, I mean, it does go for people who are in unsaved homes. But even in homes where your family may be saved and maybe it's stuff's gone on and they're not going to church, still standing for what you believe, you got to have what you believe in your heart. Mom and dad can't save you. Grandma and grandpa can't save you. If you don't have your relationship with Christ in your heart and you don't have it for yourself, then it doesn't matter who's for you or who's against you. You're not going to make it. And something that I always lived by was um, to honor your mother and father no matter what to the best of your ability when it comes to the word of God. As long as what they're telling you to do lines up with what God says, you've got to do it because that's just how it's supposed to be. Your attitude towards them could be the only example that they ever see of God's love. It could be, I mean, you may be in a situation where your family's never met the Lord and they don't know the Lord and you honoring them and obeying them and having a good attitude towards them, that could change a lot about their lives. And it's hard sometimes to always have God's love for people. I mean, I love my family to death and I'd do anything for them. But sometimes it is hard to have God's love no matter what. And that was a struggle for me when I was growing up, but God has really, really helped me with that. And, you know, sometimes our, I feel like our human love <laughs> runs out. Yeah. But God's love never runs out. And <clears throat> if we just live by his word and live by what he says and pray for his love, then no matter what, if somebody's being mean or if somebody's saying hurtful things, you can still love them and you can still do what they say and still honor God. If it goes against God's word, that's completely different. That's a whole different ball game. But as long as everything's lining up with the Lord, you just keep on following the Lord and you keep on doing what you're supposed to do and, and God will help you and see you through it. Yeah. And I've, um, I've only met your family just when they came for the wedding, but, um, I feel like we could tell even then that they have a lot of respect for you now yeah. that you're an adult and your um your siblings and your parents and i would say that <clears throat> that a lot of that is because 
of the fact that even at, you know, being younger and then becoming a teenager and throughout the years that that's a testimony yeah. that um that you're not just saying, "Hey, I I I was respectful when I was at home." That's the proof of it because you can tell by the way that they interact with you and talk to you that they respect you. They respect what you believe. They yeah. know who you are. They know where you stand. And Which, um, I'm not perfect, and I don't want it to get across that, oh, Olivia's just lived this perfect little life, and no, she's always perfect. And I'm not. And when I was growing up, I was not perfect. And you can ask my family. <laughs> I'm sure they'd tell you. <laughs> I was not perfect. And there's a lot of things that I look back now in my life, and I wish I would have done differently. Like like I said, loving with God's love was something that I ha- I learned, and it was hard for me to learn. And if I could go back in time, I would go back and really try to love with God's love. And that means loving no matter what's said, no matter what's done, forgiving and just loving and not letting bitterness and hard stuff get in the way. But just, you know, fully trusting in God that he's going to help you through whatever and you can still love. Well, and you know, you never know, because even now I know that you pray for your family a lot because they're still lost and haven't come back to the Lord. But you have no idea even now. And over the years, how much of an impact that that can make on them, that the Lord can use it to reach them still as a testimony of, hey, you know, you can get in this thing and you can stick and you don't have to quit again. You don't have to let go. Yeah. And God can give you the strength in your mind and in your heart to love and to forgive and to move on and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of along the same lines. It takes a lot of of strength from the Lord to make going to church and still living holy and a real priority whenever no one is making you do it. Um, especially like we talked, you know, about that age and through those teenage years and all of that. Um, is there anything that you would say, you know, if there's young people that's listening that struggle with that part of, you know, okay, maybe they're respectful for their, to their parents and they have that down, but, it's just that push, you know, that I've got to get to church and I've got to still live right, even if they're not making me. Yeah, I think for me personally, there was definitely times and I can I can picture myself getting ready for church at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. Everybody else is asleep. Nobody else is doing it. And that's when I prayed for my family the most is when I was getting ready. And I was like, man, I'd really love to see my family coming with me. And the thing that kept me through all that and the thing that still, even today, if something, you know, goes wrong and I'm having a hard time is knowing that the reward is going to be worth it. Through every trial, <clears throat> through every hard time, through every time I walked through my front door and got in the car and I went to church, through every time that I missed out on family things because I was going to church, I remember the reward is going to be with it. God's grace was sufficient through every time and you know I don't know what anybody obviously I don't know who all is listening but even to make it personal I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what kind of life you're living but God's grace will be the closest thing to you to help you make it through and if it wasn't for God's grace (coughs) I would be a completely different person but just know you're not alone and I think a lot of times I really felt alone because I was going by myself and even though you may have a pastor pushing for you or his wife or something like that. You still feel alone because in all reality, they're not going through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think the devil tried to throw on me a lot is they don't know what you're going through. You're, I mean, you're all by yourself and you feel like you are, but you're not a 
pastor came to our church one time and he was preaching and he looked at me and he said, I need to tell you something. He said, you have more angels around you and protecting your life than the president of the United States does. That's how much God cares about your soul. And I was just like, oh, oh and I just, I just cried chills. and I just cried because we're not alone. And whenever you're standing for God, the devil's going to throw everything and anything he can at you. But if you'll just stand strong and say, you know what, <clears throat> it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Everything that I faced, whenever he says, well done, it'll all be worth it. Every single thing. And that's really, if you're struggling with standing for the Lord, remember that. Remember you're not alone. Remember that it's going to be worth it. And just keep holding on and know that God's grace is going to see you through and you're going to make it. Yeah. Well, and you know, um, truly, we live in a culture the last many years. I feel like it's getting a lot worse the last 10 years or so. Or maybe we're just wising up and realizing it. But we, um, especially in our youth, and not just like teenagers, but I mean, you know, let's say 35 and under, there's a real problem with um, if it's not easy, I'm just not going to do it. And whether it be lack of confidence or just laziness, whatever label people want to put on the reason for it. I mean, it's a real problem that, well, if this is hard, then I just can't, you know, I just can't make it through. And it seems like sometimes with staying a Christian and staying saved, it's a real issue of accepting that grace that can pull you through it. It's like, I feel like anyways, that I see people and they're going through these really hard times, just like you're saying. And if they would just let God's grace carry them, they can make it. But it's almost like you can see it in an altar when you're praying with them. You can see it on their face that they just can't, they just cannot accept that grace. I think a lot of times we feel like, A, that we're alone. And sometimes we even feel like that God doesn't even know what we're going through. And that's just, that's just the devil trying to make us feel, isolate ourselves. I mean, you've heard of people isolating themselves now with COVID and all that being alone. That gets to you. And if the devil can get you isolated, he can take you out. If he can get your mind under a battle of you're all by yourself. This is a hard way. Christian walk is not an easy walk. I mean, yeah. it rains on the just and the unjust. Sinners yeah, life's out there hard. living the life of the world. I mean, they have nobody to go to whenever somebody dies. They have That's nothing right. to go to when your heart's broken. I mean, they can drink, they can do drugs, they can do whatever they want. But at the end of the day, when they lay their head on the pillow, it's still there. Yeah. It never goes away. If you serve the Lord, <clears throat> when you're going through trials like that, It doesn't matter what your situation is. God is going to give you grace and he's going to be faithful to you. And I mean, and that's just a testimony of my life throughout my whole entire life. God's grace was there. God was, he was near to me and he truly was like a brother or sister. He was closer to me than anybody else in my life. And if it wasn't for the Lord and if it wasn't for those times of, you know, the Bible says in Psalms, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And in those times of feeling like I even replaced it with when my friends forsake me, when my family forsakes me, whatever your situation may be, replace that little thing there. Yeah. When whatever forsakes me, then the Lord will take me up. Then he'll be my strength. Then he'll be my rock. That's awesome. And that's what we've got to lean on because it's not an easy walk. God never yeah. said it would be, but he said he'd give us grace for each step of the way. Yeah, that is that is awesome. Well, another thing we've talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple different times too is um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the devil tried to tell you that not only could you not live for God, but that you could never find your own real place in God's work yeah. because of the life you were brought in. 
But now, you know, you're married, you're an evangelist wife, you have a healthy, strong marriage, you're this evangelist wife traveling all over the country, you know, singing and playing for your husband when he preaches. Um, You help run a social media account that's completely dedicated to encouraging, you know, other Christian young girls. Yeah. And when you're at your home church, you still lead song service, play the piano, stuff like that. So what, what kind of encouragement would you give girls that, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's... Whether it is the specific thing we're talking about that because of the way they brought up or because of, you know, maybe in their case, mistakes that they've made or just yeah. whatever, that the devil tries to convince that they aren't qualified to be a part of God's work. I think, and I've talked to a lot of young ladies in, in different walks of life, different areas of life. Some of them, you know, their family saved, they go to church and all the time. But something that they've said, I've had this question asked before is, you know, my my family's not in church. My dad's not a fourth generation pastor or, you know, my parents just got saved. We don't have any ministers in our family, or maybe Mm -hmm. it's just you serving the Lord, your situation, whatever trial it is you're going through, whatever life you've been placed in your family, whether they're saved and have been preaching for years and ministering for years or just got saved, or maybe they're not even saved or your past, past struggles, past mistakes, past whatever it may be. That does not define you. Mm-hmm. Once you come to God and you give your life to God, it's it's a whole new slate and it's a whole new chapter. And you're the only one who can end a cycle. End a cycle of, you know, I've heard of people saying, well, I I was growing up in a home where my grandpa was an alcoholic, his, his dad was an alcoholic, and just on and on and on. And they said, you know what? That doesn't have to be me. I can break this cycle and I can be the first generation <coughs> Christian. Yeah. And if that's you, you you can be the one. You can be the one that your kids grow up one day and they're in church and they get married and they have kids. And you can say, if I would have never broken that cycle, if I would have never turned my life around, your family wouldn't be there. But God has a perfect plan for every single one of us. You may not be the best singer. You may not be the best piano player. But God has something for you to do. Yeah. And in my life, I've just tried to say, you know, it doesn't matter what my situation's been. It doesn't matter what my past has been, what mistakes I've made, who I've come from. It matters that I'm the Lord's. It matters that I'm surrendered to God. And when you're surrendered to God, that's when God will do amazing works through you. Because, you know, you say, well, this may not be perfect about my life, but God is still my focus and still my center. And he's still going to use you and he's still going to help you and he's still going to have a plan for you that you can do if you'll just hold on to him and be surrendered to him. Yeah. A thought that, and I say a thought, it's a, it's a fact, but something that always encourages me thinking about that kind of stuff is, you know, truly, and I'm saying it, you know, preaching at my own self here for a second, but we get very, it's, it's still a form of pride um, that the devil uses in our minds that we get it in our head, you know, well, I couldn't because of me. I can't because of this or that. And we really, we take away from the authority of God's anointing. <clears throat> that if it's, that if God has placed his anointing on you, you know, there isn't, there isn't anything or anybody, you know, you don't have to have everybody's approval. And that's right. not to say, you know, we need to have a good name and live right. Yeah. But I just mean, you know, we get so caught up in, well, what if there's people that, you know, remember my past or people who know of my home life or, you know, what if all these things find me later down the road? And it's like, listen, if God has put his anointing on you, he he has way more authority than right. any person or anything in your life. So who are we to look at anybody and say, well, you know, 
I, I don't know if this is the right place for them. I don't know if this is the calling they should be pursuing whenever it's never our calling to give or take away. I think <clears throat> the most, one of the most encouraging things, or not, I don't know if it was encouraging, but one of the most convicting things was this last week at camp meeting, somebody had gotten up and preached and they were like, I know I'm no so-and-so, but I'm just going to give it my best. And another preacher got up and he looked at him and he said, don't, don't say that. So it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter who's gone before yeah. you. Just Amen. preach Jesus. And yeah. man, that convicted me. Me too. doesn't matter it who sang before you. It doesn't matter who testified before you, who's ministered in this area before you. Just sing Jesus, preach Jesus, yeah. testify Jesus, show Jesus, and be his hands extended. doesn't matter what your past is. doesn't matter, <coughs> oh, I used to be a sinner and the Lord just saved me. Preach Jesus. It doesn't yeah. matter if my mom and dad don't go to church. Just preach Jesus. It doesn't matter what your life holds or what it has held. Just show Jesus, shine Jesus, and be right. his hands extended. That's right. You know, God has a really awesome way of putting the right people in our lives whenever we need them. People that can strengthen us and guide us. Um, and I know I already know the answer to this, but just for the sake of sharing a little bit on here, why don't you tell us a little bit about the people that God put in your life to push you and to really help you keep going and kind of become who you are now. Yeah, my um, uh, pastor and his wife at my home church, well, back in Arkansas, <laughs> they were my biggest supporters. They were the people who were always there whenever anything happened. And um, it was uh, Brother Victor Persinger, Sister Janae Persinger. I already told you all that at the beginning. But they're the ones who really, they took me in. And like I said earlier, if I missed a service... As soon as that service was over, I got a phone call. Yeah. Or they'd come to my house or they'd, whatever it may be, and they'd be like, why weren't you at church? We missed you today. And it wasn't like a, oh, why weren't you at church? Like judgy type. Yeah. It was a, hey, we missed you. And then as I got older and as I got, you know, more involved in church and I fell more in love with the Lord, if something would happen, my pastor's wife, she would be like, Olivia, you need church. If you don't have church, you're not going to make it. And she yeah. was straight up with me. And I needed that. I needed somebody mm -hmm. to keep me accountable because whenever you don't have that at home, you've got to have somebody. And she yeah. was always, you've got to have this. You've got to do this. They they took me to all kinds of youth rallies. Anytime a church was having something, we were there. And yeah. it was all the time. And they were always making sure I was involved in church. Even if I didn't feel like doing it, they were like, Olivia, you've got to, you've got to do this. You've got to keep going. You and she, her famous quote that she would always say to me it was, "You are going to make it." Yeah, you may not see it now, but you're going to make it. And I'm telling you what, if it wasn't for, of course, the Lord, but if it wasn't for her pushing me and helping me and encouraging me at times where I didn't know what to do, I mean, they prayed with me for hours. Like you can go to my church and you can see literally the tear stains on the oh, pews. Oh, that's beautiful. Where they would pray when everybody else was had left the church, they were praying for me. They were pushing for me and they were encouraging me that I could make it. Well, and that is, that's just so beautiful because, I mean, none of us can look into the future and know for sure. And so just <clears throat> realizing that, that they took it on their heart and took it as their own responsibility when you were 10, 11 years old. And, you know, some people, I would never talk bad about the ministry and pastors and they go through so much. I mean, right. so much. But it, I could see where people, especially in pastoring, 
you know, they deal with so many people, they try to help people, and the disappointment that you could get used to feeling when people quit and they backslide, they don't come back. Yeah. And I could easily see where the devil could have, you know, put it in their mind to just be like, you know what, we tried. We wanted to help this family. They've gone astray. You know, there's just nothing more to be done. And they chose that, you know, even if the rest of the family wasn't coming back, even if they decided that they didn't agree and they didn't want to, you know, do the things that they were trying to help them with in their life, that they were still going to make it a point to reach out to this little girl. And she, she had no way of knowing yeah. that you would be receptive. She had no way of knowing that she might put three or four years in of this. I'm sure that there was right. a lot of money eventually invested in this just because, you know, you're taking this kid out. You're taking him into <laughs> yeah. your home. You're doing all this stuff, driving him around. Yeah. And no, no assurance that it would pay off. But it was just the fact that you were a soul they cared about. And they weren't just going to let it go easily. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to speak for her because obviously she's not here and I can't say what she would say. But as I have gotten older and from the time it was more, it started out as, you know, this is ministry. But then it turned into even more of, it was a friendship and it was like, now today she's still my best friend. Yeah. And I can call her any time of the day, any time of night and be like, hey, this is going on or tell her something funny. And she's just, ever since then, because she's stuck with it. Yeah. Even though, like, I mean, yes, they put a lot into me. They put a lot of time, put a lot of effort, everything. I mean, they put a lot into it, but they kept up with it and showed me that they were consistent. Yeah. Consistency is a big thing. If you're consistent with somebody and you really, you show them, hey, we're here for you. We're not going to let you be alone in this situation. We're here for you. That means a lot more than what most people think. Yeah, I would say that... um, and that was part of what was on my heart for this episode was there's a lot of us women, myself included, that probably don't always realize the opportunity we have with young people yeah. in our own churches or in our lives, whether it's a relative, a kid from the bus ministry or just a similar situation to yours or just, yeah. you know, whatever that doesn't really receive a lot of spiritual influence in the right direction <clears throat> that we need to be aware and sensitive that God could use us in that way instead of just being so caught up in our own lives and our own stuff that we're not realizing, you know, Hey, God could really use me to help this young person. Right. Is there anything that you would really kind of say towards people, you know, like me, like a lot of other people, I'm sure that will listen that, you know, would, I don't, I'm I'm having trouble knowing how to get it across. I think the best advice you can give to somebody is, watch for those you know it would have been so easy for them because I specifically remember the service that I came in and I went and sat with them and it changed the direction of my life if I would have came to church and they would have just shrugged me off and you know not even said anything to me I mean my life could be completely different today yeah just being intentional about those those young ones that are by themselves those young ones who you know what their their home life's like or whatever showing them that you care Showing them that you love them. You know, there was, I mean, it wasn't just my pastor and his wife. There was people, other family members who were encouraging to me and other friends maybe who were always, you know, trying to push me and encourage me. Let them know that they're not alone, that you're here for them. (coughs) Let them know that if they want to talk to you, they can talk to you. Take them to youth events. Yeah. Encourage them. Hey, let's go to a youth rally. Hey, let's go to this. Have game nights with them. Don't let them feel isolated and like they're by themselves. Um, You know... I wouldn't be here for 
I wouldn't be here at all if it wasn't for people like that, for encouraging me to go, for taking me places, for just being there. You know, it means a whole lot to somebody who's going through something that nobody else knows about for somebody to say, hey, I'm here for you. Yeah. Hey, I'm praying for you. And, you know, people say that all the time and sometimes they don't mean it. Yeah. And I mean, Lord, help us all show it to whenever you say, hey, I'm here for you. I'm praying for it. Back it up. Yeah. Text them the next day. Hey, I'm still praying for you. Hey, I'm still here for you. Let them know it. Be consistent. Because if you're not consistent, that's just, I mean, especially for somebody who doesn't have a home life where, you know, people are all around or whatever. If they don't have consistency at home and nobody's being consistent in the church and all they know is a life where nobody's consistent, they're not going to want this. That's true. They're not going to want to walk this life. But if you really show them, hey, we love you, we care about you, you keep pushing them and stuff, they'll, it's a bigger encouragement than what most people think. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I was going to leave a few minutes open here at the end just for you to share whatever you want. Do you have anything else? I just figured... If you had another thought, advice, encouragement, if there was just anything else that you wanted to share at the end of this Um, topic. I would say, like I said before, I don't know what anybody's going through. But if you are going through a situation where maybe you're alone, whatever it may be. I mean, you could be a wife raising your kids and your husband doesn't want to go to church. Keep doing it. Keep being consistent. I tell people all the time, if I see a mom taking her kids to church and she's by herself, keep doing it. Because it's going to be worth it one day. It may be hard now, but one day you'll look back. And I say it now, it was hard being in that situation and the situations I was in. But I look back now on my life, being married, being in ministry, and just being able to, you know, not being where I was, that I made it through. I stood. The Lord helped me. He gave me strength. And I made it. So just keep holding on to God's grace. Keep going. It's going to be worth it. You're not by yourself. There's people who go through the same thing you're going through. You're not alone. And it's all going to be worth it all if you'll just keep on going on. You can make it. You're stronger than you think you are. God doesn't just put stuff on people and think, oh, I'm just going to watch them crumble and fall. Yeah. He said he wouldn't give us more than we can bear, and he's not a liar. So that means that if he gave it to you, if you're in the family you're in, if you're in the situation you're in, he knew that you were strong enough to take it. So just keep on going, and it'll be worth it all one day. Well, I think this has been a wonderful episode. I hope that it is a blessing to those that listen, whether you're someone that is going through some of these things. I hope it encouraged you and gave you hope. If you're somebody like me who just hasn't been there but wants to be an encouragement and somebody God can use for those that do go through these things, I hope it inspired you, and I hope it gave you some ideas and some direction. Well, I'm sure that we will probably have Olivia back um, some more on here, maybe for some lighter hearted (laughs) topics down the road. She is a whole lot of fun. We had to restart over and over and over again because we just could not stop carrying on. (laughs) Had to get serious. (laughs) But anyways, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope you join us again later. Olivia, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in today, and we hope you join us again here on Behavior That Becometh Holiness, Ladies Ministry. God bless you, and remember, keep smiling.